Good morning, everybody. Just making sure we we are on this morning. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we are here. It's a little bit uh, rainy today here at Myrtle Beach, but uh, we're alive. That's that's all that matters. Um, I want to get started this morning a little bit. Uh, just give a couple of scriptures. Uh, of course, those that have been following us on uh, uh, God's stories here, uh, we've been on this track of walking in the Spirit, uh, understanding the Spirit, what He's like, what's His voice like, how does He move and have His being? Because uh, if we don't understand how you know the Spirit of God has His being and how He moves, a lot of times we won't recognize the voice of God. And, and in these days, in these coming days, and even the days that we live in now, uh, it's very important that we hear the voice of God for ourselves, and uh, because there is a lot of there are a lot of voices out there that uh, it sounds like God, uh, maybe even feel like God, but it doesn't really have God on it at all. Uh, one of the things that I do know about the Spirit myself is that the Spirit of God, the voice of God, will always magnify and show the Son of God, Jesus. And uh, it's not, it will not lead you into selfish things. It'll lead you into selfless things. And uh, our flesh can't stand it. Uh, the Spirit of God is totally uh, against the flesh. And the flesh is against the Spirit. And so you can understand that uh, the voice of God doesn't always line up with our desires. Uh, it lines up with God's desires. And uh, that's the key thing that we've got to understand, that... Uh, most of the voice of God uh, through Jesus's life. Jesus didn't get what he would want. Uh, he got what he needed. And uh, there's a big difference there. Uh, I would much rather have what I need instead of what I want. What you want only lasts for a moment. It's just temporary. But a lot of times when you need something from uh, God or when you're at a place of need and you get that need, uh, you, you're just overjoyed. Uh, it's, I can, I can remember just to give you an example. I can remember, uh, back in the day when, uh, we I had three, uh, little boys, three, three babies. And, uh, we were really struggling, uh, living in a FHA, uh, housing, uh, development where they, they rate your rent based on your income. And, and I was trying my best working overtime, working night shifts and day shift, working double shifts, and uh, and got to the point where we I didn't, just didn't have the money to supply uh, everything that was there. And, and uh, you know, when you have money, uh, you're not in, in need. You, you basically shift over without knowing. When you start having money, you, you shift over to always wanting something. You know, uh, when you have money, you look at things, and and if you can get it, that's great. But sometimes it shifts over your spirit to that thing of want, and then you forget that you really only need to get the things that you need. Uh, of course, uh, God doesn't say that you know He doesn't. He wants you to have the things that you would you would always you know uh, have pleasure with, but He would rather have it. You'd, he'd rather you have it on His time instead of on your time because when we start doing things out of our own will that's when we really get in trouble and i remember i'd gotten to this point of need uh 
And uh, I didn't have any anything. I didn't have any money to uh, supply some food for my kids. The last thing I had uh, we made was some uh, tortillas in a pan and put, poured some cheese on it and melted the cheese, you know, over the tortillas. And uh, and that's really kind of our last supper. And I went to bed, you know, just asking, Lord, what am I going to do now? And, uh, and I wasn't really praying. I was just thinking, God, I don't know what else to do. You know, I was in the place of need. And uh, at that point, I went to bed, stressed out, woke up the next morning, and there was a $100 bill in the middle, uh, on the floor, in the living room of our little video FHA uh, apartment. And when he, he supplied what I needed, it's not like he over he, he oversupplied. That, well, of course, to us, $100 was an oversupply. It was more than abundantly all of what we have asked. And that $100 was like having a million dollars. And man, I'm going to tell you what, I was so happy and I couldn't believe that he made money appear in the middle of my, you know, my living room. But he will not leave you going hungry. And uh, the only ways we basically get ourselves into going hungry is we choose not to walk with him and uh, forget about his ways. I've been there, done that, and uh, man, going hungry is awful. Uh, and going hungry doesn't mean not having food. It means when you don't have life. And man, when you don't have life, you'll find yourself going hungry physically. You'll find yourself homeless uh, when you find when you go hungry like that. When you're not eating from God, man, it just takes over your life, and uh, you'll find yourself in a place in a bad spot. You'll find yourself in a in a place of a pit. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to be led. By his spirit, he wants us to be led by life himself. And uh, that's where we're going. That's when the, the ones that want to follow him and be led by his spirit, he will not only lead you into everlasting life, but it, he will lead you right into the face of Jesus because that's the ultimate goal is to really see our father face to face and to live out this life on this earth in the divine nature of God. And those that are watching, I'm sure... A lot of you, you know, that are watching, you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but I think uh, we forget that the Holy Spirit is the very promise uh, that uh, in the inheritance to get us to that everlasting life, to get us walking in the divine nature, just like Jesus. And a lot of times we give hope, the Holy, the Holy Spirit really gets a bad rap. We, we just assume that he's going to be with us, and he is. But man, if we ever focused on him and, and really became his friend and he become our friend, he would start awakening those divine natures that uh, the promise came to give, the, the promise came to revive in us. And uh, I want to read this. Uh, it's out of Second Peter. Uh, this is Second uh, Peter 1, verse 2. It says, this is Peter himself. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things. Notice that it has. It's not it will, it has. So he, is, he has given you divine power within. But to wake it up, we have to start listening and walking 
in that divine power. We have to start listening to the voice of God. And if we start, excuse me, start listening to the voice of God, uh, then that divine power begins to wake up and becomes a part of us. Because anybody that would believe on him out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But the, the key thing is, is we've got to start believing. We've got to start hearing in uh, Jesus's voice. And a lot of times people will accept uh, Jesus as their Savior, but then there's times when after you accept him as your Savior, we're taught that, you know, that's it. You know, then we've got it all. Well, no, you haven't. You, you may have it all as far as accepting Jesus as the very seed of God that saves your life, but there's so much more than that. There's an abundant life that's waiting on us to walk in, and it's his divine nature. Let's keep reading. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. See there? Through the knowledge of him. So the, let's go back to the voice of God. The voice of God will always reveal you to reveal to you who? Jesus. Because if we if we if he, that voice leads us to the knowledge of him, then that divine power begins to awaken that divine nature. And it says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious, precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having, is, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, which is basically having escaped the that uh, I want this, I want that, all these, that, this, that lust of this world that's constantly thinking, making us think of ourselves, our self-wants. When you get into the divine nature of Jesus, you, know, you don't think about yourself, you think about him. It's amazing that the Lord, when he starts to take over your mind, body, and spirit, there is no uh, thoughts of self. The only thing that is manifesting now is him, which... I believe this is something that Paul, you know, walked out, and, and I believe he touched it at one time when he said, you know, if, 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 if I could just apprehend that, and that is this, is that he got to taste what it's like to be completely uh, overtaken by the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And if there's anything that we all would like to be taken over was ultimate life itself to where you no longer have to think about you, but God himself dwells in us. And that's where the Holy Spirit is leading us. I hope this helps. Because um, I, I really want to make sure we get this. And I, I want to give you, just to remind you of the promise. Pull this up here. Romans 8, Romans 8, 15, he says, Paul says, for you did not receive, I'm, I'm actually sitting here petting Mr. Jake, he's a little bit codependent, now. he hasn't quite yet gotten to the divine nature of, of the power of God, there he is, I don't know if you can see him or not, there he is, yes, he's got a codependent spirit, <laughs> he loves loving. Man, maybe we could be like this, you know, want to get up in Jesus's lap, 
you know, could care less about our bones and every, anything else, but just want to get up in his lap. But this is Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now I want to describe bondage uh, just a little bit. Bondage is when you're in, when you're in fear, uh, is when I was in want, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, when I'm, I'm worried about, you know, uh, I need this and I need that. And all these things start working on me to where I think I need something. I am in the place of fear. If I was in the place of God, I wouldn't have all these thoughts, but the, the foundation of fear that has been put in us from the day we were born through the spirit of the world, uh, even though we were born in this world innocent and by his spirit through our mamas, uh, we still are born in a corrupt world and fear comes into us and we are basically taught by fear. And so everything that we uh, are led by in this world is basically the foundations of fear. Uh, we, when someone walks into the room and they're carrying uh, confidence about them, and, and we start criticizing them, it's because we are in fear, because basically the Spirit of God came in on that person, and it raises fear up in us to judge Jesus, you know, when he walks into the room. Uh, there's no telling how many times I've worried about money. Uh, I, I start thinking about money, and then I start thinking that I'm thinking sensibly on how to make money, but I'm really thinking, I, I think sensibly through fear. And it's wisdom that is from beneath, which breeds fear in my life. And it causes me to, to overwork, to try to produce something so that I can say God has, has given me these things. I, I'm sure a lot of us have done this before in our own life. But there's a place where God wants to lead us by his spirit to where you don't have to have fear anymore. You can be led by the spirit. If God says you're not going to have it in the next few months, then you can actually have peace. You know, uh, when you when you think that you need it, most of the time you don't need it. You, you, you'll you only get it when God is ready. And uh, sometimes I'll jump ahead against God and produce it myself, and then I lose it. And uh, anything God produces, though, through us, uh, it's eternal. And I love that about God. But let's keep reading. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out of Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the promise is that God has given you a divine nature. And when we start to cultivate that spirit, the, the Holy Spirit in our lives, in, inside of us, not just out here, but inside of us by obeying and listening to his voice, it starts raising up and taking over that this body to where you no longer walk as you walked before that old self, but you start walking in the divine nature and that the spirit that is within you starts confirming to you that you are a child of God because now you walk in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. So saying that, uh, I, I want to get back to uh, the Spirit of God, back to his, uh, how he speaks, because if we get, get to the place to where we are addicted to his voice and not the voice of this world nor our own voice, 
then we will start walking in these things and start really partaking of the divine nature. That's really where God is wanting to take us. So I want to pull up something here. And we stopped uh, in that place of Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14, where we talked about the nature or uh, the voice of God, the spirit of God is all is good. He's always good. There will always be a confirmation of love, a foundation of love, whether the spirit corrects you or whether the spirit leads you or whether the spirit causes you to uh, do a miracle or walk in miracles. It's always going to be good. And, and that's the type of divine nature that he's trying to wake up in us so that we can have that same nature as we speak to others. I don't know how many of you out there uh, have heard the voice of God, and it, whether it be in your inner ear or in your heart, or maybe you've heard him audibly, maybe you've felt him, but every time he has spoken, uh, it's always been good. Now, you would ask yourself, what's the real foundation of why the God would speak to me? I'm glad you asked. Uh, one of the real reasons he's speaking to us is to wake up the divine nature of the promise of God, which is Christ in us, the one that wants to live. And so anytime God starts to speak to us and you, and you feel the confirmation of good, you feel the confirmation of love rise up in your heart, uh, he's speaking to wake that up in you. It's basically, if, you, if you'll take this, uh, uh, let me give you an example. If you're in, if you're in worship, and you're praising the Lord. You got your hands lifted, and the and the presence of God comes. You start to weep, or you get emotional because why? You you feel the Lord. You feel love. You feel adoration, and it makes you want to just just praise the Lord, and uh, and basically not only love Him with all your heart, but love yourself and love everybody that's around you. Well, just I want to give you a picture. What you've actually encountered was basically the Lord coming to you as a mirror, and he stands before you to wake up the divine nature that is inside of you so that you can walk in this thing. Think about that. He comes, the Bible says that he is our mirror, right? So he will come and as wonderful as it is and so kind to wake up what he has placed in you. So when you're praising the Lord and he comes, what he does is when he comes, he's what you feel that love and that power and that presence, it's awakening in you and it starts to come out and you start thinking, Oh Jesus, he's here. It's awesome. Well, Jesus is here. Yes. But Jesus has now awakened him in here. So he's come to wake up you to realize you have this divine nature awakening in, awakening in you. That's why he comes. So that he can wake up the very promise that he placed in you, which is himself living in you and you no longer living. Isn't that awesome? So that good can live in us instead of evil. So that spirit can live in us instead of the flesh. All right. Selfless can awaken in us instead of selfishness. It just goes on and on. And I want to show you 
how uh, what good does because when good comes or when we when we say God or the spirit when he when the spirit of God comes uh, it awakens Christ in us and so when it awakens Christ in us we don't realize there is a there is a war that it's actually winning inside of us. The spirit has now won the war of the flesh, which is carnal, and good overtakes evil in us. Think about that. In that split moment, good overcomes evil, and now it's all good and it's all God. That's what takes place. There's a when you start worshiping the Lord and when you start following Jesus. Uh, and you're basically following a spirit that's good and as you're following it and obeying it it wins the war of good and evil in you and good over, overcomes evil in you and you become good as he is good in heaven right all good gifts come down from the father above right so he's good all perfect gifts come from him now let's read this in Romans 12 so now that you understand that Let's read it. Uh, Romans 12, 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Think about that. Now that we've talked about the Spirit, He doesn't repay you evil for evil, does He? He sees there are places in us that is evil, which is the flesh. So, But He doesn't repay you evil for evil. Think about that. Because when you come to church or you, you start to worship, sometimes you're not in a good attitude and then because there's an evil working in you. Now, evil, we think of evil as like the devil with horns or something really bad like murdering and things of that nature. But true evil is the flesh. Uh, evil can be not in a good attitude. You know, evil can be selfishness. You know, that's some of the worst evil. Because that leads you down. Selfishness will lead, open the door to lead you down the path of anything. So think about it. If you're coming to the Lord, let's say you're not in a good mood, and you just you know that you've got to get in worship, or you've got to open up your Bible, or you've got to start talking to the Lord, that is the Spirit of God itself trying to remind you, get back into the place of good. In other words, get back into the place of the Spirit. And so the only thing we know you know, in our minds is that I've got to get with God. Uh, and you could say, I've got to get with good. And so good comes and he overcomes evil. He doesn't repay your evil for evil. That's not his nature. He repays evil with good. And that's the very thing that destroys evil inside of you. If you want to destroy things that are selfishness and unrighteousness and all that stuff in you, all the evil, then start walking in the goodness of God. Isn't that awesome? It says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. He's talking about, all. He, he, Paul is not just talking to people, but he's remembering how the Spirit of God has treated him. He remembers how Jesus knocked him off his horse and he blinded him and then God gave him his sight back to Ananias and then God drew him into the desert for 14 years and he poured into him good for 14 years and gave him the, the these revelations of Jesus. Um, not just him physically and taking him up to, into realms of God, but here as well. 
And so he's telling us something that he experienced himself and how the spirit is. This is your, this is your promise that God has placed inside of you. It says, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So there is a choice to be able to live peaceably. We can, and the way we choose to live peaceably is we choose to live peaceably by obeying the Spirit of God. And how many of you guys out there, when you haven't obeyed the Spirit of God, man, you get slapped around. And the only thing that's slapping you around is your own disobedience, your own sin. Because if you're, if you're not going to obey the Spirit of God, you're obeying some spirit which leads you down to condemnation and sin. That's why you feel so bad. It's not necessarily the enemy beating you up. It's just the sin or that flesh. You, we've chosen to live according to the flesh instead of the spirit. And the flesh will always breed evil. It will draw even evil spirits to itself. When you're in the flesh, you stinketh. <laughs> you're dead. But if you listen to the voice of God, it will raise you from the dead. And you will get unwrapped from all that stinky stuff and you'll start walking with God, smelling good again. And everybody knows that. The first perfect example of that, of that walk is Lazarus. You know, Lazarus stinketh. He'd been dead for four days. Then God waited till he got really stinky. And then the dead heard the voice of God. Isn't that amazing? But he prophesied that the dead would hear the voice of God and the, they would come out of their graves. So that means that even if the dead can hear the voice of God, even in your dead stuff, which is the fleshly stuff, even in your dead stuff, you can still hear the voice of God. We just got to obey and come out of those tombs that's kept us down. All right. It says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And he says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Now that's someone that is chosen to uh, obey the, and walk in the voice of God. Now if you try to do this out of, uh, how can I say, just commandment, it's much harder. But if, can you imagine if, even though you can do those things, but can you imagine if we could just have the nature of God and this be organic, as though if, when we see someone that's hungry, we just, it, the voice of God, the Spirit of God just starts welling up in us and we want to feed our enemies. Because if you have an enemy, it's someone that's hungry. Remember that. If you have an enemy, it's God sending someone to you that's really hungry and in destitute. He's desolate and he needs help. If he's thirsty, this is your enemies. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. In other words, your enemies are the ones that are going dry. They've been eating dust. They're in the place of hell. They're like the man that, that died and went to hell and he asked Abraham, please just put a little bit of water on my tongue. It's burning. He, they're in a place of hell. They're, the enemy, when he comes to you, he's in a place of hell. He's not drinking things of living water. 
He's drinking fire and, and torment. But when we're in the flesh and our enemy comes, we, we see them completely different. But you can see by the explanation through the spirit of these scriptures that it's not like what we thought. The enemy sees them as thirsty. The enemy, I mean, God sees the enemy as thirsty. God sees the, his enemies as someone that is hungry. So you feed them. And he says, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on their heads. In other words, you will, when you do these types of things, this is what happens because he's saying, I have done this to you and for you as well. Think about us. When the spirit of God comes in your life, and you're not doing well. You're, you, you find yourself as an enemy to him because you're fleshing out. He comes and pours in his good. He gives you a drink when you don't deserve it. And what happens is it releases fire above your head. In other words, not, it, it's not, he's not judging you. He's judging the enemy that is controlling you and oppressing you. So he will send fire upon your head, upon your, in other words, upon your mind, and destroy the stronghold of anger, destroy the stronghold of bitterness, all that stuff, that fire of God and his goodness comes down and destroys all that. And before you know it, you go from being the enemy to being like God. Are you with me? This happens to us individually. He transforms you instantly through the voice and the kindness of God. Think about that. So even if God walked in on us, Jesus, he is still, we, we, if he was led by the Spirit here on the earth, he's still led by the Spirit in heaven. So if he walks in on your uh, fleshly stuff, I wanted to say doo-doo, but when you're not doing too well, uh, and he walks in, his mind is still being led by the Spirit and it's possessed him and his only way of ministering or talking with you is this way. Think about that. So the, the very he is the very persona of God's nature. He is the very, his, when you look at Jesus, you are looking at the Spirit of God in the flesh. Isn't that amazing? But that's where we're going. We're going to go to this place. We're, we're going to be transformed into that very likeness as we walk and be led by the Spirit. All right. For if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And it says, do not, overcome do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, that's, a, that's an inside work first. In other words, he's not just saying uh, when evil comes to you from the outside, try to be good to them. Well, you got to let that work first inside of you. In other words, when you want to be evil, choose the, choose the Spirit of God. As soon as I start thinking of evil things, the first thing I try to do is say, Lord, that's the first thing I do. I say, Lord, because if I say, Lord, it causes me to not choose to go down the evil path of thinking. It makes me go down the good way of thinking, which is the Lord. 
And so immediately I start overcoming this e this evilness or this evil thoughts that are entering my mind. It this good or this Lord starts to overcome those by me being led by the Spirit. Does that make sense? So you've got to overcome your evil that is within by what? Good, which is God. I know it's complicated sometimes, but I wanted to dissect this so that you can see it from within. Because anytime you choose to go down thinking of the fleshly thought, you're basically being overcome by evil. So when you start seeing that, now evil doesn't always just feel like hard. It can be things that are self-gratification. It can be lust. It can be all those things of the world that takes you down that wonderful feeling of adrenaline. But that is one of the worst evils. It's just getting in a different way. It's giving you anesthetic of, you know, this uh, false good stuff. And it's it will lead you down the path of major sin. But so when you start feeling yourself going down that fleshly place, that's where you're going down that path of evil. So instead of going down that path of evil and letting evil overcome you, overcome that evil by saying, closing your eyes if you have to and say, Lord, I choose to think of you. And when you do that, you don't realize it, but your spirit turns toward the spirit and then the spirit is able to come in and he supernaturally starts transforming your life and good starts overcoming your evil. When that starts to happen and that becomes a lifestyle for you, then when the evil comes from out here, you automatically overcome out here evil with good because you have now become good. All right. That's a, that's a big one, isn't it? <clears throat> Let me show you this one. I just, uh, I'll put this, this is one of my next slides here. Uh, the title of it is The Voice of the Spirit Can Save You From Evil. And I want you to turn here because it's very important. And because I want you to see it where Jesus had to overcome evil. Not only that came to him, but also you got to remember he was tempted within even himself. He, he was tempted as we were tempted, yet without sin. And he overcame these temptations by listening to good or listening to the spirit instead of the old fleshly thing that tries to get you to go down that path of doing it your way instead of God's way. And it's in John 8. John 8. Matter of fact, I'm going to turn there uh, with my own uh, Bible here. John 8. I caught this the other day and uh, and I realized how he could get out of evil pretty quickly. This was not only for everyone else, everyone that was in this scene, but it was also for Jesus. Let's watch this, guys. There was a time that he could have, whoo, he could have said what he wanted to say. He didn't. Have you ever had been tempted to want to say what you want to say and it will be right? Man, that sounds really good. But you don't realize the attitude you're in. And if you say what is right in the wrong spirit, the devil's got you. And this is what happened to Jesus because you've got to understand Jesus was tempted in the, in the wilderness, but then it says Satan left him 
until an opportune time. So that means that spirit of the world came to him later through people, through situations. And here's a situation this morning. It says, now early in the morning, like this morning, now early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Now watch this. He's early in the morning. He's kind of having his quiet time. In other words, he's having his God time. And if you ever had your God time and then suddenly you, when you come out of it, man, just enemy just shocks you. It hits you really hard. Some, your, your, your kids start striping out as soon as you have your prayer time or you come out and and, and as soon as you come out, ladies, you, your husband's in a bad mood and man, he just hits you suddenly, you know, or your wife's in a bad mood and, and it comes and hit, they come and hit you suddenly, that old fleshly thing. And man, you want to just react real fast, you know, when it, when it hits you suddenly, that's what's happening here. He's having a sudden jerk as soon as he's had his God time with his father. He's come early in the morning. He came into the, again, into the temple and all the people came and, and sat down and then he started teaching them and he started having this God moment and then, then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery and so as he's under this wonderful place of the spirit he gets this hit really fast of the flesh alright and, and when they had set her in the midst they said to him teacher this woman was caught in adultery in the very act now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what do you say? So you can imagine the, the atmosphere, not counting just the, the demonic fleshly things that are coming from the Pharisee, the sin from the woman in adultery. I mean, they caught her in the very act, so there's no telling what she looks like. Uh, and then you hear all the people that are in the uh, synagogue, they're going, ooh, oh my God. And they, they're, they're, they're going from, man, they're scared of the Pharisees, because the Pharisees lorded over them. And so they, the fear in them rises up and they're saying, well, they, they are right. And no wonder what Jesus is going to say. Oh my God. And so all of this hits Jesus at one time. Now, if I was there, I probably would have said, you sorry suckers. You caught this woman in adultery. How dare you come into somebody's house and expose them? You know, I would have just, just blow, blew them right out of the water. But that would, I would have fallen. I would have gone into that realm of the flesh and I, the enemy would have been able to come in and the enemy's not about just, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that he comes in like we think. He just comes in and is able to control my mind. And I don't realize, even though I think I'm right, I'm actually being controlled by the enemy. You understand? And so Jesus he knows that this is not the nature of his father and he can't react the way he is tempted to react or respond. Here is the enemy, Satan, coming to Jesus at an opportune time. There is a different spirit and that spirit that's coming to him is the flesh. All right? It's the flesh that's coming to him and it wants to touch those areas of the flesh in him to get him to react and speak truth against it really fast. But he, he knows that his papa is not like that. His papa overcomes 
evil with good. So he has to lean on the spirit because Jesus himself right now is being tempted to be get in the flesh, to rise up and smoke them with himself instead of with the spirit. And if you want to smoke somebody, you have to smoke them with the spirit, which we're about to see how God really does it through the nature of man. This is how man's going to look in the coming days. We're going to smoke, we're going to smoke those folks by the nature of God because we're going to get delivered first. All right? And they, so they said, what do you say? And then watch what he does. This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So he is feeling the temptation like Hebrews talks about. He was tempted on all points. If he was tempted on all points, that means that he was not only God, but he was man. So the man side, that fleshly side of him is going to be tempted. But he chose not to listen to that side. He chose to listen to the Spirit of God. And so he is humbling himself. Say that with me. Humbling himself. And he's doing it so that we can see it. He's stooping down and he chooses to draw in the ground. He's sitting there waiting. He can feel the fight within himself. And he knows, just like I said earlier, he's saying, Papa. As soon as he said, Papa, Papa comes, the voice of God speaks to him first to overcome evil that's being tempted inside of him. Listen to this. Watch this. And so when they continued asking him, he raised up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let them him cast a stone at her first. He didn't just hear that for them. He heard that for himself because the fleshly side was speaking so loud the, the spirit within him to help him overcome getting in that attitude, the spirit of God spoke to him first and said, he who is without sin among you, let him cast, let him throw a stone at her first. He's saying that to Jesus first so that he can help him overcome that temptation that is being thrown at him within his own self. And when that happens, there is an overcoming spirit that, that rises up in Jesus. Now he is kicked over into that place of the spirit to now be able to now help them in the right attitude with good because he looks at them not in an attitude that we would. He has now overcome it within himself for their sake. He is overcoming that fleshly stuff that they are manifesting it, that is now trying to pull on him to agree with that fleshly side because he's man as well. But he has turned toward the Lord. He's torn, turned toward the Spirit. And the Spirit is now good to Jesus to help him overcome the temptations because they've taken the bait of temptation and they think that they're right, but they don't realize they are, they are uh, sons of Satan because they're walking in the flesh. 
Are you with me? And so his enemy is coming in on him. And so now he is having to overcome what is actually tormenting man. He is getting to feel within his own self what has been tormenting man. And now he has a choice. And so he's overcoming for their sake, even for within, within his own self, by listening to the Spirit of God. And so when he raises up, he's in the spirit or in the divine nature that they need, which is good. And so he speaks it with the nature of the spirit. He doesn't say it like that. He who is without sin among you, let him throw the stone at her first. Like, I got you. No. He's in the divine nature of God. He knows that he is, now, after he has overcome it within himself, now he can see that his, his enemy is hungry. His enemy is thirsty. So he's going to feed them the very thing that helped him overcome. And it will give them an opportunity to be able to enter in themselves. So you don't realize that the things that come to you is not just for you. When you overcome something by listening to the Spirit instead of your own self, you're going to be able to help those that come to you in that same Spirit. You won't be mad anymore. You won't react. And that's what's happening to Jesus. He's now standing up and he says it in the nature, the divine nature of the spirit, which is the true nature that God has given us. He's given us a divine nature. And the spirit of God now is taking on this, this flesh. He has flushed out a part that man has been tormented in, even within his, within his own self. Listen, if Jesus was tempted, that means he could have, that means he actually was tempted just like you were tempted. But not, but he he's overcame it by listening to God instead of his flesh. And so he stands up and he gives them an opportunity and he says to them what was said to him. And he says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. In other words, I'm going to help you overcome all of this stuff that has been you know, driving you nuts inside so that you can enter in with me. It was a knock on their door. Oh, man. How many of you guys have been like the Pharisees and, man, God speaks something so clear to correct you, but there is a divine nature on it? Oh, it's because he's trying to get you to overcome that spirit that old fleshly spirit, that spirit of the world that's been oppressing you for a long time. And if you can overcome it and, and obey the true goodness, good voice that's speaking to you, you will enter in. And you'll no longer be carriers of stones. You'll be carriers of God, the real stone. You'll be carriers of a rock that never stones. You'll be a rock for many that are your enemies. You'll be a rock for the many that are oppressed. You'll be a rock for many that are in bondage. They need help. And he says it, and he understands what it feels like to be convicted. 
And so instead of standing there and looking at them as though he's right, he just says it because he knows it's not he that lived, it's, it's the Lord in him that lived. And, you know, I mean, you can see that even when they said, uh, when the disciple says, show us the Father, it is sufficient for us to, to see the Father. And the Father speaks through this man, Jesus, and says, have I not been with you so long that you can't see me? That Spirit of God, the Father himself, speaking through the Son, and he and the Son being one. And so he understands what it's like to, to, to go through the overcoming and, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He understands what it's like to, to take the temptation of bitten in the flesh instead of the Spirit. But he chose to go to the Spirit and die to all that stuff for our sake. And so he understands that they're being convicted. And so instead of standing there, that would have brought more condemnation. So he stoops down and humbles himself again. And he's overcoming, wanting to be prideful at that time, I'm sure. Because if I said something anointed, I just want to stand there. But he still is being led by the Spirit. And so he just stoops down so that it won't, it won't, it won't breed condemnation. And he says, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. So in other words, uh, if I stand, if I st keep standing here, uh, it's going to breed condemnation. I need to let the spirit have its work. How good is that? That's your, that's the spirit of God that's in you. This is the way the spirit of God is in us. This is one of the divine natures of Jesus. And then it says, he, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, and when Jesus had raised himself up, see, he gets up after they, after they hear God for themselves and they drop the stones. Man, wouldn't you love to see that? That just good filled the synagogue. They're in the temple. Good now is in the synagogue. And when good is, fills the church or fills the temple, the stones that we have been carrying drop. And the old man walks out. And the new man is standing. Because the old man in us is all these voices in it that carry stones, whether it be against us or other people. And so the old, when the old man is, is out of the temple, the only person that is in the temple is the new man and Jesus. That's what's happening here. That's what the Spirit of God is leading us to. This is the voice. This is how he... He walks in us. This is how he wants to take over in us. And so he raised himself up and said, uh, well, let me go back. No, there we go. Oh, stoops down. Okay, everybody convicted left. Okay. And when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Can you imagine? You know he's smiling because he just had an encounter with God himself. He's like, man, this is awesome. Because the 
the accusers even that tried to speak to me inside of my own head, they're gone. <laughs> so he's excited. They're, he's excited for her. He's excited for himself. They, he's, they both overcame. Watch this. And woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one come condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Woo! When you find out God doesn't condemn you, it'll make you want to go and sin no more. If you're hearing a voice that's constantly beating you up instead of the voice of God, you're going to constantly sin. Because you're listening to sin. You're listening to the spirit of the world. So the more you listen to it, the more sin is involved in your life. Think about that. But if you hear the voice of God that doesn't bring condemnation, doesn't bring accusation, it brings freedom, it leads you to Jesus. Whenever the voice of God speaks, there is Jesus that is only left in the room of your temple. It will point you to Jesus. It won't point out your junk. It will point you to Jesus. You're convicted and you're completely free from all the condemnation that's been beating you up, that's been leading you to sin. And it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, not the darkness. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me, in other words, if you follow this this nature, if you follow this voice, if you really believe in me, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And he says it in another way. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In other words, if you start listening to the Spirit, you're not going to walk in these old dark places and all these voices that bring condemnation. You're going to hear voices of life and light. You're going to get a drink. You're going to get fed. You'll no longer be hungry anymore. You'll no longer be thirsty. You'll no longer be enemies of the cross. You'll be lovers of the cross. You will love to die to this of living the life of Jesus, living the life of the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. So, this is part of the Spirit of God that dwells in you. This very nature, this very Spirit that spoke to Jesus himself and it saved his life. The voice, him listening to the voice of God and the voice of that nature, the nature of that Spirit, it saved his life first and then it saved the people that were about to commit a major sin out of accusation and they didn't know what Spirit they were. It saved them, saved the whole temple. Wouldn't you like your whole temple to get saved again? So when you drop all the stones, the voice of God will save you from evil. It'll save you from evil thinking. If it saved Jesus in this midst, once it, when it saved Jesus in this place, then it saved them. Then it saved the woman. In other words, everything you go through that you overcome, even within yourself, brings people, other people in the opportunity of in the, getting saved as well.
Read it again and see it. It's amazing. Because Jesus had to walk the same way we walk. He had to be tempted the same way we were tempted. Yet without sin. And without sin means he died to listening to those voices, to dying to listening to the voice of the Spirit. That makes sense? The same way with us. Same way Jesus walked, we're going to walk. And the same way he did it, we can do it. That makes sense. I hope it does. So today, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the divine nature of God that speaks to you. And even if you don't hear a voice, put, put your eyes on Jesus when you're tempted to get in the flesh, when something comes to you and tempts you to go down the deathly road or to be a stone thrower. Just turn your eyes on Jesus. That's what he's doing here. He just stooped down and put his mind on God. And when he did, boom, the voice of God spoke to him. Or the divine nature of just took over. Because once God, God will recognize you turning instantly. And he's there. He's standing right there. That day, he had to choose what God he was going to serve. He was either going to serve the God of the spirit of the world, which is the flesh, or he was going to choose the God of the spirit of the universe, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. And he rises up in that spirit. That's what we're going to do. He did it for us. He did this for us. He did this as an example to show us what the Spirit of God can do. Can transform you from taking the temptations, from listening to the voices. And once you are transformed in that, from that temptation, you transform others. Because you can't transform others unless you self get transformed. Amen? All right. Well, I hope this helped. I love you guys. I'll see you next week on God Stories, uh, Tuesday, 9 o'clock. Keep praying for us. Uh, we'll pray for you. Uh, thank you for supporting us, and uh, thank you for your time this morning to uh, sit here and listen to this old country boy. <laughs> uh, a lot of things that are on the plate, and uh, yes, we are still moving to Shreveport, Louisiana to, to uh, raise up that church, but... Uh, it's, it's a fight. The Lord warned me it's a fight. And boy, I'm going to tell you what, we've had some fights. And uh, I have probably failed some of these fights. I know I've failed some of these fights uh, where the enemy came, came in and, man, I just blindsided. And I had to go back and just repent. Thank God Jesus lets us take, take the test over or grade on the curve and ask for forgiveness. So sometimes these fights you don't always pass. But if you'll repent and say, Lord, forgive me, he's faithful to forgive you of your sins. And then he stands you back up, just like this adulterer. I, I, the way we sometimes don't pass tests, we choose to get in bed with that temptation and just go with the fight and fight with the flesh instead of by the spirit. And then God comes in, picks you back up, and says, hey, come on, let's go. Go and sin no more. Thank God we've got Jesus. So get up. If you've, if you've failed tests, call on Jesus' name. He'll get you back up just like this adulterer and get you out of the bed of the enemy and get you going again. He'll show you how much he loves you. All right. 
Grace, grace to you guys. Love you so much. Thank you for your prayers and your support. Tell everybody about what's going on and how the Spirit of God is, is moving on us in these uh, God stories. Because I, I can feel the Spirit of God opening people's minds even while we're sitting here talking. Even though I'm looking at a camera, I can feel some of you, you guys. Your mind is opening up. The Spirit of understanding, the Holy Spirit is, is just popping your mind open to see how powerful He is and how wonderful He is and how He's never left you or forsaken you. So go after Him. He's touching you right now because He's wanting to lead you on this path of life instead of you having to walk down those paths of death. All right, Lord Jesus, keep helping us to walk in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this temple to stand up in our temple to help us not be stone throwers, but be those that carry the stone, the, the rock in our hearts to be solid for not only people that, that you draw to us, but even our enemies, that we would stand for our enemies to help them so that they could be saved, just as Jesus did. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, the, the wonderful promise that, has been, that was handed down from the foundations of the earth. Thank you for sending the promise to us. And those that have never felt the Spirit, Lord, those that have never been baptized by the Holy Ghost, I just say, Holy Ghost, I just send you to those that would be watching that have never been baptized by you, have never felt you. Holy Spirit, just baptize those that are watching in the glory of God. Baptize the Holy Spirit in your living water right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Grace, grace.